Hello and welcome to the Here With You podcast, a podcast where we ask tough questions about God to enable us to better understand who God is and how he can help our mental health journey. Today, John H. and I talk about the process of lamenting in the Old Testament, how it applies to us today. Take a listen. Welcome to another Here With You podcast. I'm your host. Ford Henley, uh, Prodigal Souls, and I have got our co-host, John Harmon here. Say hi, Hello. John. Hi. Um, sorry we didn't, we're not putting out at our normal time. I just uh, I had to take my own sort of mental health time and, you know, not as much as I want to get it out on time. We, I, I don't want to be like the opposite of what I'm trying to help people with. So trying to take time to really take care of myself too. So, um, so when I talked to John about what I wanted to speak on today was a practice that we don't really hear a lot about, or we've heard about this book in the Bible, but we don't really understand it. So, and so that is the act of lamenting and, not a theologian, so I can't go in great depths about it, but you know, just to me, it's like an an act of when we're dealing through through suffering and trials that we we can come to God, we can cry out to Him about these issues, and not just like hold them in, and and we can come to other believers as well and talk through these things. Uh, and so one verse that kind of came up while I was doing my research is uh, Psalm 77. Uh, I don't know if I can read all of it. It's kind of long. But I'm going to read the first two, vor- two verses. Uh, definitely check it out in your own time as well. Um, so this is the NIV version. There are other versions as well. ESV is good as well. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I'm going to keep going. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I, too, was troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, my spirit asked. And it kind of goes on. But, it, you know, it's like he's, I believe it's David. Some people, I don't know who wrote every psalm. But he's crying out to God for help. And he's crying out to God to hear him when he's in distress. And that is, from my understanding, the act of lamenting. And I feel like, when we're suffering, sometimes we forget that we can do this, and it's uh, it's an okay thing to do. So that's kind of get the ball rolling on lamenting. I don't know if you have anything you want to add in there, John. Yeah, I, um, I don't know if you recall, but the uh, you know we did a little video uh, where I did the message "Good Grief" uh, yeah. a few months back, and. It's on so, our YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And 
when you brought up lamenting, that's ex exactly where my mind went. It was back to that message of good grief and thinking about lamenting. And again, within that message, I kind of talked about the process that's been around for, for a while. The ancient Jews kind of came up with this grieving process, um, particularly when someone dies. And honestly, so psychologists actually refer to it as kind of one of the first um, methods of uh, dealing with grief, like because it, it is a process that's kind of broken up into steps as far as dealing with the grief. And so when you brought up the lamenting, I immediately began to think about that and just kind of wanted to touch on, on that a little bit as far as how the Jewish customs and traditions have accepted grief that it's not something that we should hide or not deal with but it, in fact it's most healthy when we get it out and when we share it with others and when we grieve with others and when we lament with others but at the same time you know instilled in that process and I, I'll, I'll get into it dive into it a little bit is um the idea that we are expressing to God that we realize that he is the ultimate authority and that even as we grieve, even though he may allow this sorrow and this grief, that he doesn't take joy in it, you know, but that he takes joy when we, we finally come to him and we lament and we repent and we openly seek him in our time of grief. And then that's, where he finds joy because ultimately he's most glorified when we seek him despite the sorrow and the limitations in our, our life. Uh, Cause that brings glory to him. So he's glorified even in the sorrow. So with having said, that's kind of, let me dive in here and talk a little bit about, do you okay. have you anything, anything you want to add or say anything? About? No, I just, uh, the only thing before you go into it, I was, at my church today, my pastor actually talked about your favorite author, Tozer, mm -hmm. and he was talking about Philippians, and it was talking about like the pursuit of God today, and I think that's this act of lamenting is part of that pursuit. But anyway, you go into your okay. uh, notes before we go off. I, I, and I do, I do love Tozer. For the record, I'm a big Tozer fan, um, and that is a great book. As well, I actually got it over here on my bookshelf. That's why you saw me like randomly pointing over there. Yeah. Um, Nobody and... else did. But... <laughs> so the process for grieving, um, particularly with, with death, with ancient Jewish custom. Uh, and I, I apologize. If we have a big like uh, Jewish following here for our podcast, I'm going to butcher some of these, these Hebrew words here. So I'll, I'll apologize ahead of, ahead of time there. But essentially, right at the time of death until burial, which ancient Jews always bury the dead very quickly. Within 24 hours of death, they, they bury them. Mm -hmm. uh, but the uh, first part of that is what I'm going to attempt to pronounce as Ananut, which is from the time of death until burial. And it involves an omen, which is a mourner. And essentially that individual for the first 24 hours is just in mourning, accepting the loss. And it moves on to Shiva, which is the first seven days after the burial. 
in which time friends and family will come to visit the individual who's who's mourning that death. And it's just a continual week where friends and family come and they, you know, embrace that person. They're, they're there with them, mourning with them. And during that period, they also read the Kaddish, which is a, a prayer. And it's actually a, a pretty awesome prayer. And I'm going to read a little bit of it. But essentially, as they're, they're going through the seven days of mourning, they're still reading this prayer daily to remind themselves of, of God's, um, you know, his ultimate authority. I'm just going to read a little bit here. But it's part of the Kaddish, which is the prayer. <clears throat> and it's glorified and sanctified be God's great name throughout the world, which he has created according to his will. May he establish his kingdom in your lifetime and during your days and within the life of the entire house of Israel, speedily and soon, and say amen. And this was, I this left a big impact on me because even in mourning, they're saying this prayer where they're still acknowledging God's glory and his position and his height above everything. That just is huge because usually when we're grieving, <laughs> we're, we're angry with God or we're distancing ourselves and our relationship with him. But looking at this, this Jewish tradition of grieving, they, they embrace the fact that God is high and lifted up. And I think that's a pretty cool part that's been ingrained in that grieving process. A couple other things I want to share about that. And like, if it's the death of like a parent they have like an anniversary on the one year where called the Yarzit. It's the one year anniversary. And a lot of times they'll memorialize the death or have a gravestone to kind of remember that death. Um, but it's kind of like this looking back and contrasting between the past and the present and reflecting on, you know, coming out of that grief, which I think is important too, that we, we contrast where we are, you know, constantly uh, to remind ourselves of what God has brought us out of, you know, even in hard times and times of grieving, God brings us out and, you know, from glory to glory, you know? <laughs> and so I was really reminded of, of the studies that I had done for that message involving the process that, that the ancient Jews had kind of come up with to deal with the grief. And this even goes back, like we see it where um, Joseph mourns for Jacob uh, and they actually consider it, uh, one of the first times there are examples of, of this Shiva, which is that mourning process where they're kind of embracing the fact that they're, they're hurting, you know, and that they're mourning the death. So it's something that's been around for a long time and really embraced in the, in, in the, the Jewish culture, which is where Christianity comes from, you know. I know when I, I always think of like the history of at least what I know of lamenting is that I always think of like, uh, sackcloth and ash, you know. Yeah. Where you like, uh, if I remember correctly, it's where they where they tear off their clothes and then they put on sackcloth and ash. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually okay. have a few oh, segue okay. traditions here. Yeah, that that are also associated with that process that I, that we were talking about with the grieving, and and uh, let's see here. Uh, again, I'm butchering these Hebrew words, but Kariah. Uh, okay. No clue. Kariah is the is the act of tearing the clothes, okay. and it's a it's a reminder of God's authority, and that uh, ultimately He decides the fate for someone's death. 
Uh, and it's kind of also associated with the acceptance of grief. Uh, and they'll actually wear that garment around in that uh, uh, Shiva, which is that seven days. So for the first seven days, they'll, so they'll tear it. And it's a remembrance that God is on, on high and that he ultimately decides someone's fate. Um, so it's an acceptance of that in our place where we are, you know, in, in the higher uh, or the bigger picture, you know, of the universe. And then it's also that um, the acceptance of it, just the acceptance of the grief, the act, you've torn it and you're going to wear it around for seven days. You're going to accept this grief. You're going to wear it. You're not ashamed of it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then separately is the, is the sackcloth and ashes, which is another uh, tradition that was done during that time period of grieving. And what that was, so sackcloth was essentially what they made like bags out of. It's a very uncomfortable uh, material. Like so they would actually, bag or... right, right. I, that's what I think of is something, something like that along those lines. But they, after they would tear the clothes, then they wear them around and then when they remove them, they'd put on the sackcloth, which is just a very uncomfortable uh, piece of material. And then they would put the ashes on their head. And um, so first of all, it made them uncomfortable and it was kind of a sign of humiliation. So because they would do it publicly and it was a sign of humility that they, that they would come out in public. Uh, so the uncomfortableness of the sackcloth was to remind them that, you know, um, sorrow comes with life, right? That life can be uncomfortable. Um, and then as far as the ashes on the head, it was more of this being public about it so that others could see that others knew what was going on. And it was kind of humiliating, but at the same time, people did empathize and sympathize with you. Um, we see a lot of the prophets did it in the Old yeah, Testament. Yeah, you're definitely not hiding what you're going through. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and... and um... I actually have, I don't do sackcloth, sackcloth and ash, but I do have like a playlist when I'm when I'm feeling really down that I that I've labeled sackcloth and ash. Fall down and just like listen to it and pray and and it definitely really helps versus um, pretending that I'm not really dealing with anything. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any like modern ways to to lament. I mean, besides coming before god but um you know we had you talked about those traditions are there any like modern ways to do that or do we need to do it that way or we just come to god yeah i mean i think communities definitely i mean i feel like a broken record because every time we we get on the podcast we community community right <laughs> but it is important um and and that's just having in other people in your life who listen to you um, who are there to mourn with you, so to speak, to lament with you, so to speak. And then that's kind of, it, it's a touchy thing, right? Because when you talk about it, when you go into that, and I feel like maybe that's why we don't lament so much is because we feel like we're not allowed to, or we shouldn't, or yeah. we just need to get over it. Right. Um, and it can, it can be uncomfortable, but if you have good people in your life, uh, they'll hear you out. You know, they, they will empathize in knowing that, we are all, we all go through the ringer, so so to speak, sometimes, and then we need other people around us to listen to us. Um, and I, I think things like that go for full circle because in times where I'm lamenting and I need community and I need, I need people, I need to surround myself with people who love me and and listen to me and and give me good advice and 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 push me in a in a, in a very 
I don't say godly direction, but yeah, to, to remind me of what, hey, this is actually, this is what the gospel says. This is what the word says as far as with you in that situation. And, and you know, maybe this would help if you, if, if you were to apply this to your life. So having those people in your life who can listen to you, who can give you sound advice, who can understand where you're coming from uh, and, and not judge you. Uh, and I think that's a good good place to start, and and that's that's something that's timeless because you know even back then they saw the need for for the community and for people to come together uh, during times of mourning, and I think this the same still holds true today. We have small groups, right? Yeah. We have we have podcasts where you know we have people who listen to us and uh, who who can be encouraged and find hope in in what we say because we're reading the word and, and, and we're applying it to our lives. Yeah. And I, at least from my experience, it seems like you have to have an established community. Cause I know if like, if I go to the small group for a first, the very first meeting and I share, like, man, I'm just really depressed and about my dad with his dementia. And sometimes people will just kind of like stare at you or it's like too much for them. Cause they don't really know you or, but then on the other side, when I go to like uh, like my Monday Bible study that I've been going to for like a year and I share the same thing, uh, I get a lot more like feedback and help, advice and prayer. I don't know if that's happened in your experience, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wish I, you know, could say that I've found a small group since we've moved here uh, because we have it. Um, and that is oh, kind of strange. I mean, just over time. But yeah. If yeah, had that experience. Yeah, no, I definitely have had that experience. I mean, um, small groups are, are really important. I had a really good close knit small group before we left. But yeah, I do. I agree. I just you know like sometimes people will just like stare at me I'm like, uh, I'm just being honest about my feelings. Some people aren't like uh, used to that, like that honest about your feelings. And But I know like if I'm not, then it's just going to sort of like fester. And then all these like lies will, can start to come up about why you're feeling this way, or or the devil create lies about like why people aren't responding, and just putting yourself out there and being honest just kind of allows what God wants to happen to happen, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, I was was uh, listening to a, a sermon that my our pastor from our old church had 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 just recently done. And he was up on the pulpit and he was uh, being very open in front of the whole congregation and was saying that, you know, earlier in the week, he kind of had a heart check with an incident that he had where he, he wasn't sure if he had showed enough compassion on somebody. And he was feeling really guilty about that. I sat there and, and listened to my pastor, right, in charge of an entire, he shepherds this entire huge congregation. And he was vulnerable and he opened up. He didn't try to pretend like he was perfect. Like he, he just because he's a pastor and he has a, he has a calling that, that the devil doesn't, you know, uh, try to tempt us or, 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 or fill our, our head with lies and stuff like that. To see him be vulnerable and to see him be honest about, you know, um, what he was going through that week really encouraged me and, and let me know that like, it's not just me going through this, you know, you know, and honestly, yeah, through prayer, I feel like pastors have it really hard. Yeah. You know? Especially knowing that, that they have a calling on their life. Like, honestly, that like, I feel like that puts a, 
a price on their their head when it comes to to Satan. You know, to know that nobody is a is above uh, suffering and 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 sorrow, um, and that we can be vulnerable about that. Yeah, man, I totally agree that that encourages others to open up. And a lot of times, like I think about what my what my pastor did. Like he didn't, he probably didn't want to do that. Like he probably only did that because he felt like God was was calling him to be honest to show others that uh, everybody's vulnerable, and that that's why it is so important uh, that we all uh, be there for one another for one, but that we also rely on our our personal relationship with God, and that you know we stay steadfast in prayer and and in the Word. Yeah, I think it also when you're being honest about your feelings. It, I mean, it does let other people be honest, but I think it also lets or prevents like gossip being created. So if you're honest about what you're going through, like if you're rude one day to somebody and it's really because you're dealing with something at home, but this other person that you're rude to doesn't know that's why. But if they really knew what's going on in your life, they'd be like, oh man, maybe something's really going on at home. Maybe I should really check in on them. And so it kind of reverses that paradigm of the problem, you know, like, and it allows people to be more honest. And it's sort of like a, not a paradox, but, but it's uh, like the opposite of what you think would happen if you were honest, like, just because there's always that, at least for me dealing with social anxiety, there's always that, the self-talk or the lies from the devil about, like, they're not going to understand, they don't really care or and those kind of things. If you don't really put yourself out there, then you don't really know for sure if that's true. So, so if anybody's struggling with that, like definitely put yourself out there to let people know what you're going through, and like it might get a lot more help than you thought. And that that seems to be like the overarching theme of the Bible when we look at lamenting, um, like thinking, looking at the Jewish tradition of lamenting. And we do, we even see up until Jesus, them participating in it with the death of Lazarus, with, you know, he was buried uh, very quickly after the death. And when he got there, people were mourning. So we see this tradition carrying on. And then of course, like the obvious, right? Lamenta- Lamentations, right? The book in the Bible that specifically yeah. titled that. And it deals with the sorrow from the destruction of Israel. And it kind of, we see the same themes in there about um, even kind of like uh, a complaint to God. This kind of like, why are we going through this, you know? And then also towards the end, this acceptance of, well, it's actually because we brought this on ourselves because of our sin. So God, please save us. We acknowledge that we brought ourselves here and we need you to do something about it. It's just this overarching theme of community, of, of being together and mourning together. And the fact that, God doesn't delight in our sorrow or our pain. Uh, it's actually when we come back to him or we continue to, to have that relationship with him through our pain and through our sorrow and, and, and through our grief um, that we then rejoice because we're glorifying him. And that's what he's most happy with is, is the fact that we continue to rely on him that even if we bring our grief to him and we we cry out why why is this going on to us that ultimately as long as we acknowledge that he is the ultimate authority and that he's there with us even in our grief 
then we glorify him and yeah. and then we can rejoice because the father is then is pleased by by our actions and our grief and it's um it just seems to be this 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 theme that carries on throughout the old and the new testament you know even the what, the shortest verse in the bible jesus wept right yeah yeah after he'd gotten there and lazarus was dead knowing that he would raise him from the dead he took the time to mourn he participated in a, in a tradition that had been there for a long time that was there to help deal with the grief to acknowledge the fact that god was there with them in their grief so he took that time and he wept and he mourned meaning that it's not necessarily insignificant that we grieve that we take that time and mourn and that god is with us even as we mourn and that it is through that relationship that ultimately when he raised lazarus uh that life was restored and that uh we were we, we could rejoice while you're talking i kind of thought of like why in these modern times where we don't really know about lamenting or why we don't feel the need to like cry out to God, like what, what prevents us from doing that? Um, I think a lot of times when we're in grief, we think that God doesn't want to hear us because one, maybe we think that we brought it on ourselves and that this is really just punishment from God and, and we just have to kind of eat it. Right. Um, this idea that, well, even if I cry out, he may not fix it anyways, and I might just still be here wallowing anyways. Um, but maybe, yeah, I think it's just the doubt, the maybe even like embarrassment um, of having to repent, uh, the acknowledgement that that to an extent that, not to say all suffering we cause and we bring upon ourselves. You know, I think that there is some suffering in the world that I, I couldn't, nor would I begin to try and explain why it happened. But most suffering, I would say, is a result of an action uh, that we brought on ourselves. Um, and a lot of times that's hard to swallow. And then also, I think on the, on the other end of the spectrum, when we, when we didn't bring it on ourselves and we just can't understand why it happened to us at all, it's hard to reach out to God, right? So if you think about those two scenarios, uh, embarrassment of having to admit it was my fault, and then the idea that, well, I didn't do anything to bring this on myself. So why would God bring me out of it? Because surely he had no reason to bring me into it. And yeah. I think maybe those, those, those things might. What do you think? Uh, I think we could read the book of Job. <laughs> okay. Um, I think also there's a lot of alternative views out there about how, uh, you know, like that we shouldn't have grief at all. You know, like there shouldn't be suffering at all. Mm -hmm. and, and so if we have any sort of feeling contrary to that, that it's something there's something wrong with that that it doesn't have like a purpose in your development and i think i think that kind of keeps people from knowing that and i think also just people don't really kind of know the word as much as people did back in those hebrew times um i mean they still practice those sort of things but historically speaking <laughs> so i feel like and that's kind of like the reason i wanted to talk about it because it's something that people don't really even knows an option when dealing with grief and so like one of the biggest like apologetical arguments is like if god is good why is there suffering if you really understand the word and read the word it talks a lot about why about suffering and how to the purpose of it and how it can help you grow how you can deal with it and i think a lot of people don't know about that and that's why i was trying to kind of bring 
to light a little bit with my limited knowledge on the topic to kind of just start start that discussion. Your limited knowledge? My my lamented knowledge. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, it is definitely good to to let people know that uh, it's okay to to grieve, to to lament, um, to seek community, and to talk about the things that that are getting to you, that are that are um, you know hin- that you feel are a hindrance um, from you having joy in your life. And you know, I would also suggest. Because typically, I feel like we end with w- w- something that we could practical uh, ways to apply what we've talked about, right? Things that. Yes. People, and again, I, I guess I'm just that that broken record again. But but community. Prayer. Oh. Community. <laughs> prayer. Okay. Um, so community is good, but definitely, I mean, we're all alone, right? At some point in time in our in our lives, we we we're alone, and we have to deal with these these thoughts of of sorrow and grief and depression and and perhaps suicide. Uh, and we, we do have to deal with these things. And when, when you're alone and you, you perhaps don't, you know, you can't have community around you all the time, I would say prayer, uh, which is that conversation with God and, uh, you know, opening it up and, and, and acknowledging him for one, acknowledging that he exists is good. Um, and uh, seeking, seeking guidance, seeking strength, courage um, through prayer. And, and just knowing that he, he answers prayers, that we serve a, a living God who, uh, who's alive and, and, and he's with us through, through sorrow, you know. Yeah, and, and that uh, when you're talking about prayer, that as we pray, that we also pray that God would lead us through it, you know, like where he wants us to grow from it or learn from it or whatever it is we can take from it. So this grief that is happening isn't completely pointless or meaningless that there's something you we can take from it that that god wants to use us so like one example for me is kind of starting this whole ministry i've lost i mean i personally struggle with anxiety and depression was like i lost a lot of people to suicide like i've lost my mom's brother and my dad's brother there was a girl at my school one of my friends brothers like it showed up a lot in my life kind of like the struggle with like why and even with cancer like all my grandparents died from cancer and one of my good friends died from cancer or I knew people that died in car wrecks and it's like why you can get stuck in this why is this happening or what but instead of like more like what can I take from this that's gonna make a difference or make make it better and so that's why I was like with my ministries, what can I do that's really going to help? I feel like all this stuff's kind of happening and I've gotten through it. Like, how can I use all this to help other people? And I think that's using our testimonies and sharing them with other people and can allow more people to know God and be able to lament to God. And and it's kind of like a full, full circle thing yeah. and not just being lost in in why is this happening and a really good book on all that is timothy keller's walking with god through pain and suffering it's been a while since i read it so i'm not going to try to reference it right now but he definitely talks a lot about these issues and a song that's kind of been kind of stuck in my head today it hasn't i haven't heard it at church in a while it kind of sort of talks about um it doesn't specifically talk about like uh, shadrach meshach 
and Abendigo with his songs like there's another in the in the fire standing next to me it's like when we're going through these things we remember that when we're in these fires that there's another one with us even though we feel alone and and that's God and he's right there if we just uh turn to him and pursue him pursue, pursue his wisdom honestly I feel like that was a really good wrap up uh for kind of the subject Are there any other notes you wanted to touch or no I'm glad you you did share that though like that's a very really you know important part to it is that that testimony part is that uh the reflection I was kind of talking about earlier of where you are and then looking back and 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 in remembrance of times where things were even worse and it's that testimony that declaring that you got through it because of God. And I just started thinking about like how Christ was that original seed, you know, that was planted. That is the the gospel that is Christianity. And it started with the testimony of his life, you know, testifying of what had happened and the impact that it had on, on all of their lives. And it just began to spread and, you know, time went on and, and that seed just continued to produce fruit. It continued to produce because of the testimony of everyone who accepted Christ. I mean, it's that testimony that keeps the word alive, you know, and that's why he is, right? He's the living word. Um, he was there before creation. He was there during creation. He showed up on the scene 2000 years ago through his, his acts and his sacrifice is the ultimate testimony that we just continue carrying on today through acknowledging what he's doing in our lives. That's awesome. I know, I know um, before we wrap up, so I read this book by J.I. Packer called Knowing God. It's a very um, widely regarded book on how to really understand who God is. And one of the subjects he, he kind of talked about was talked a lot about hell and his view of that the one thing that like stood out to me was like that hell in its definition is like like eternally being part apart from god to me all these things that we're going through and we're suffering through fails in comparison to that and so the more we know god and pursue god that we we know that we don't have to worry about that ultimate suffering and that we get to be with him in the end of all this and that we continue to work through what he wants us to grow through and sanctify us through and when our when it's our true time to come to see him we lived how he wanted to i don't know but yeah just to i guess wrap up just know that it's okay to lament it's okay to wonder like why this is happening but just as you have those feelings that you have like you turn to God through prayer, you turn to this, your community, just be honest and vulnerable about what you're going through. And I think that's kind of like the first step of walking through that. And so I just want to close this out in a prayer. Dear God, I just want to lift up anybody out there right now that's just struggling with this act of lamenting. And like, we're not, John and I aren't perfect. We don't, we explained it the best we could. And just ask that you uh, allow them to continue to like pursue knowledge on this topic and allow them to be more comfortable to do this, uh, to lament to you and to pray to you and seek you out and pursue you and, 
and I just know it's going to do more for them than they could ever imagine. And I just continue to pray for those people. And in uh, Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today on our Here With You podcast. I hope you really learned a lot today. As always, please like, comment, and subscribe. You can also visit us at prodigalsouls.com to learn more about what we do and support us through our online store or giving platform. All right, have a great week, and we'll see you next month.